Hey, Joyce. How are you? Oh, you know, as good as anyone can be right now. Yeah, I feel you. As good as anyone can be. Yeah. Um, this past week, I feel like it's been the uh, manifestation of a lot of frustration and anger and also the first time I've seen unity on this kind of worldwide level. Um, so in all of like the anger and all of the sadness and all of the loss, <laughs> um, there has actually been one thing that has that's been that's been good, which is the showings of the unity. And um yeah, usually we start off our podcast, we're joking, we're happy and we're talking about things, but this week uh we couldn't ignore what's been what's been going on in the world. And uh we just wanted to talk about it for a little bit before resuming our regularly scheduled programming, right? Yes, I think it's much needed too. Yeah, um, I've been talking about this a lot past five, the past five days specifically, um, but at home with my wife for at least the past two weeks, and um, I reached a point on Monday where I was just completely and utterly fed up. Um, I was so angry. Um, I'm usually someone of a very calm demeanor, but um, I, I think it was Monday. One of, one of our friends, um, the person who was actually on our podcast, Wiz, he posted a picture of um, some graffiti that happened on his cul-de-sac. Um, racist graffiti and I about lost my shit it was literally like the final straw Um, I saw that and I like I just broke down for like hours after that after I saw what he posted yeah I was I was legitimately like like furious like my hands were shaking because uh, all, all too often I've tried to be calm with people and explain um but i just felt nothing but rage at at that moment and i was like yeah I, i'm i'm going to start having to call people out now i'm gonna, it, it really put a battery in my back and i was i was charged up um so i i challenged a lot of people close to me who I felt like we're refusing to acknowledge that this is a real problem. This isn't an issue (laughs) built up in the imagination of black people. This is a real issue that's, that's happening right now. I was like going off on people randed, like my, my tolerance level was extremely low. Um, and, um, I even got to the point where I wrote an extremely long email to um, the principal and the athletic director 
at the high school that I coach at because I coach at a, a high school in a really rich white neighborhood. And um, they literally hadn't said a single thing acknowledging what's mm-hmm. going on in the world. Um, but yet they were sending out emails about the cancellation of the uh, drive-through graduation they were planning to do. And they like made reference to, oh, because of what's going on in the world. That's what the principal said. Um, the police department of the local city is deciding to postpone this. And then the AD, because he forwarded us the message from the principal and then added his flavor on it. His added thing was, oh yeah, due, due to the riots, we're going to have to postpone this. I was just like pissed. Like this, this motherfucker's talking about riots. They're Did they good. respond to you? Um, yeah, the, the, the principal responded. I mean, I'm still a little bit charged up about that. Um, yeah, I, I'll read the email if you want. It's kind of long, though, so maybe not. You can probably summarize, but I just wanted to also, like, clear up, because no one knows right now, like, or most people don't know what was, what happened with Wiz, but there was some graffiti on his cul-de-sac of white supremacy hate symbols and and that was why we were so fired up it was absolute just the most disgusting display of white supremacy and like the the hate towards god i can't yeah uh, it was it's just you you'd think that during a time where it's so obvious that they're showing no sympathy. They being um, the police and government officials are showing no sympathy to the violence happening against black people that it would trickle down to the communities with realization and empathy. And that was the opposite a reaction. That was literally people. It's basically a justification being spray painted on their on the entry to their cul-de-sac. I saw it as people justifying, oh no, it's okay. What's happening is fine. It's not an issue. That's what it was to me. It was them justifying that this is okay. And we wouldn't mind if this carried on. In fact, we would prefer if this carried on. That's what it was to me. That's why I was so, so furious. Like these these motherfuckers are playing with our lives. (laughs) And to you this is just charging you up to spew more racist rhetoric um yeah it was it was i was furious (laughs) but yeah man um yes i wrote the email to him basically just calling them calling them out saying like look i'm a black guy I work. I realize I work in a white neighborhood, and I realize that I'm I'm other. Um, but I expected the fact that I'm working so closely with a school that social justice would be the message that you're giving out to your community, your parents, teachers, students, and the fact that you've said nothing pisses me off. Basically, I said, when the pandemic started, you were sending out emails every week. Education was top of the agenda. Since this has started, you have not picked a side. And I said, 
your silence. What was it I say? Um, I'll read a little bit. Um, this is towards the end. I said, um, I'm writing this because it is an uncomfortable feeling, not knowing if your employers are sympathetic to the harsh realities that permeate my day-to-day life. I'm not trying to make you or anybody else who may read this email feel guilty, angry, or elicit any other emotion. I just want to be heard, feel supported, and above all else, I feel compelled to voice my strong feelings. Not hearing about the actualities happening leads me to believe that the common consensus regarding these issues is don't care, don't want to know, which is discouraging and makes me feel unsafe. Um, That's just like a tiny part of what I was saying. But basically at the end, I just said, you need to speak up because not speaking up right now is you're, you're going to make any black person that goes to this school feel like the school doesn't care about them. Um, and you're clearly sending a message to all the people in the school community that this is an issue that doesn't affect us in our rich white neighborhood. So we're just going to ignore it. And the principal did reply to his credit. And he's, he just said, I apologize. Um, he's like, one of the things he says, oh, I've been drafting an email for four days. And I recognize that my white privilege allows me to take up to four days to even draft something and not have to speak up because um, it's something that's not really affecting me and I need to do better at educating our community. And I, I appreciate you calling me out. Um, so I, like, I'm, I'm pleased that he responded like that, but I still haven't received, he replied on what, like Tuesday, Wednesday? It's the end of the school day already now. We're recording this on Friday and there hasn't been an email sent out to the school still. So it's like, yes, he acknowledged that what he's doing was wrong, but I have not. Maybe they've sent it out and they didn't send it out to coaches, but I haven't received any type of correspondence from the school still. So it's like you're acknowledging it, but you still haven't said anything. And I'm like especially pissed at my athletic director because this is the person I work with directly. And he hasn't said shit. He hasn't acknowledged the email at all. And he's just been sending a bunch of other emails. So, yeah, so even though I'm, I've been getting calmer and calmer, I've really been thinking about my thoughts. And if he doesn't say anything, I'm going to call him or contact him on Monday and just be like, look, I can't continue working for this school. You're supposed to be my boss and you didn't even acknowledge the fact that I'm expressing my pain because it's very real pain and my fear and my anger. And you didn't even acknowledge it. Not even a simple, wow, I didn't see things from your perspective. Just a complete and utter ignoring ignoring of it. Like, I don't feel safe working for you because I don't know where you stand. And anything you do now is going to seem insincere. It's going to seem like you needed me to give you an extra kick up the ass to say, I don't think it's right (laughs) that Black people are being killed at a disproportionate rate by the police. So I'm readying myself to have that conversation. It's going to be difficult, but it's going to be difficult for him because I don't give a fuck about hurting people's feelings right now. And I'm going to let him know. So that's kind of where I'm uh, standing. Sorry, I need to grab some tissue because I'm hurting. Yeah, it's fine. This is very, very heavy subject and... 
sorry, James. No, it's 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 fine. These are these are the emotions that you, myself, probably most of our listeners, everyone feels. We have listeners all over the world as well, and so I'm sure that in some way, shape, or form, they are um, seeing what what is unfolding right now and what has been unfolding for for decades for years and years because we can't pretend that it's a new phenomenon yeah yeah and i think where i'm at what kind of slapped me in the face this time around was just you know debating if i was going to go out to protest and just being like well fuck i went out and protested a few years ago Mm -hmm. and look at the difference that's from that time till now it's there is no difference you know like what's changed what was all those efforts and all those actions taken but we're still in the same situation having the same problems and for a while I just told myself like I'm just gonna work on myself I'm gonna do this all internally I'm gonna once I'm the person if I like take the actions within like myself my daily life and keep it within me that's gonna be enough because once everyone does their part then that's fine but clearly like now I feel like that's not fine that's not enough like I feel like I need to like be fighting every fucking day for because enough people aren't doing it yeah you know yeah, no, I, I can And like screaming, you know, it's so frustrating. And so at this point, like, what are we supposed to do? Like, yeah, we're, everyone, I feel like anyone who's doing anything, it's the, it's the right thing. Yeah. Awareness is, I mean, awareness, bringing awareness, I think now is the bare minimum everybody should be doing. Everybody should be just doing that. And yeah, I, I think, I know for me, like my wife and I have been talking, uh, we're, we're expecting a baby in October. And we realize that's one of the reasons why we're extra sensitive to, to this right now. Because it's like, is another generation going to have to deal with this trauma and that's it's not right. It's not right that another generation should have to deal with this trauma. They should be profiting from change. And so we have to we have to not let up. We have to keep on spreading awareness, making changes, telling people how they can make a change. Obviously, my wife can't go out and protest being heavily or being pregnant, you know. It's putting yeah. herself and the baby in danger, but She's doing a lot in educating her her friends and families and pointing them to local trusts um, like where they can donate money or donate their time as volunteers to just help this cause because we we really can't let up. It's ideally this doesn't just go on until November with the uh, US elections. This goes on until there's real change 
real legislative mm-hmm. change. Um, and I think even you, you were talking about four years ago um, when things culminated last time because there was a lot of killings and then I think a lot of people were tipped over the edge when Philando Castile was murdered. Um, and that was around four years ago, July 2016. Um, I think then I was charged up too and I was going to my protest and I was doing all I could and I was like volunteering um, back when I was in London. But I think I got complacent or just got caught up in my own day-to-day life. Um, and over the months and years, I'm still obviously very pro-black but not as vocal as I should should have been. Um, and I think for me, I'm realizing that my day-to-day life is being a black man and trying to stay alive. And whilst that is my reality, I've got to keep on talking about it, helping out, doing whatever I can in my power to, to try and assist, assist change. So, yeah. Agreed. it's like it's an ongoing ongoing fight there's not just like I was saying there's not one action we could take it's gonna be I feel like a lifetime of oh yeah of practice it's gonna be a practice basically that's in order to see the change and that's enough people like having enough people do it you know you can't just have until November and then go back to your normal lives. Like this is going to, this is normal life right now. And if it doesn't change, then it's going to get worse or even staying the same in itself is, is bad enough. Um, so it, you can tell listeners, you can tell that this isn't our usual vibe. It's been a, a draining, a draining week, like really draining, really emotional, but like I said, the the one positive that I do take is that I have never seen this level of unity. Obviously, there's still going to be dickheads that are trying to cause division, but I have never seen this level of unity, this level of organization as well, because the organization scares the powers that be. When you're organized with a singular goal, singular focus, it's it's scary to the powers that be. And I've I've seen levels of organization that I haven't seen previous, and levels of unity that I haven't seen previous. And that in itself is something that that brings me a little a little bit of hope. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, do you have you have anything else you wanna you wanna say? No. Yeah. So um yeah, we just wanna make it very clear that we just want justice. Black lives, they matter. Um and it's about time that everybody starts behaving like like they matter. So, um, yeah, well, we're going to take a little break and then we'll come back. I'm personally, I'm going to smoke some weed, hit my pen and, um, I'll be way more happier and we'll be able to talk, talk some sex. I'm so glad not like, where this isn't like video 
podcast. Oh, man. Man. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like all week I've been, like, crying with every, like, everything I pull up on my phone. I just, it's, like, instant trigger crying. Yeah. It's been a, oof. But, hey, we just got to stay strong and keep pushing for for justice and, and real change. So yeah, we'll we're gonna take a little break. I'm gonna go hit my vape pen and we'll be back talking some sex, hopefully in a, a little bit of a better mood. We'll talk to you guys soon. Hey Hello. <laughs> We've already done well, we haven't done our intros, so welcome to the Sex Capades podcast, a sex-positive roundtable discussion coming to you live from the Bay Area. It's your boy Flashman James, a.k.a. James, a.k.a. a strong black man. My curly-haired co-host, please introduce yourself. Hello, this is Joyce Full Moments. AKA Yo Girl Joey. <laughs> I, I, I don't have any AKAs. Sorry, I'll just go with um, AKA your strong black female. And yes, this is the Sexcapades episode 10. 10 episodes, 10 weeks. It's pretty Ten. damn good. It's very good. 10 episodes, uh, 18 listeners, five countries, what, Germany, New Zealand, Australia, Switzerland, United States, and the United Kingdom. Six countries. We've got some reach. We've got some reach, man. We've got some reach. So thank you for sticking with us through nine episodes. Um, Episode 10 is here, and it's June, first episode of June, and June... For those of you who don't know, is Pride Month. Yay. So Happy Pride. Cool. Happy oh. Pride, yeah. Um and also side note, in America, um because they do their dates a bit different than we do. We go month, day, year instead of day, yeah. year, month. That's so, just so in America. Tuesday, which will be 6 9 20, 6 9, is a both pleasure day because it's the 69. But we don't have a podcast on Tuesday, so I thought I would say that to people now that Tuesday is both pleasure day, 6 9, both pleasure day. So, those of you who are in a relationship, even those of you who aren't, go ahead and partake, yeah, in that both pleasure. I like Give that. A good 69. Americans, they make a holiday out of anything, really. Oh, God. Um, Kink Corner. Still no sound. Oh, oh. Oh. You dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, I I downloaded a soundboard. I, like, legit did download a soundboard. And, um, but I can't, everything I was doing, it just didn't sound good. Um, I had a whip noise, but it didn't sound good. So I just decided not to do it. Yeah, I, I, I like your decision on that. Well, yeah. I mean, we can still make our own. To help with my feelings at the moment, I'm eating tater tots. So 
for those of you that like ASMR stuff, I can just chew my tater tots in my microphone. There you go. And for those of you who <laughs> those of you who like beer and you're counting, you heard me open my first. I'm double fisting right now because why the fuck not? All right, King Corner. King Corner. We're talking about our favorite, or not necessarily our favorite, but really good TV shows that have a focus on sex. So you want to go first? Yeah. Well, I just want to say my initial um, choice was the show HBO show Girls. And with everything going on, I was just like, that show has very, it just lacks diversity. I mean, the only like, yeah, it just really, really lacks diversity. So I'm just like, get that out of here. Never mind. It's a good show, but not right now. I never watched it. Yeah. I'm not the biggest well, I mean, Lena Dunham fan, so I never watched it. Meh. Meh. Yeah. Well, you don't need to watch it right now. Um, but <laughs> I would say, but you've already you've already said this one, so you can go ahead and say yours. So oh, you can say it. You go. You go. Oh, okay. The next, next, it's our original Netflix one, right? But that's at least where I saw it, yeah. Okay. Uh, sex Education. Phenomenal. Wait, I kind of have another one, but it's an old one that was on. You can throw it out. uh, The show Undressed. It was on MTV like a long time ago. Hmm. That one I'm not familiar with. Okay, well, it was only like a late night show. Oh, so it was like porn? It was like, I don't even, I can't even remember. It was not quite porn. It was like. Man, I don't even really know. I just remember it. I just remember trying to watch it late at night. <laughs> it had to do with sex, though. I'm sure it did if it was on late at night. <laughs> I'm sure it had a lot to well, do it with was, sex. It was in the 90s, I guess. In the 90s. Yeah, I've never heard of it. What's, what, was, what was it about? You don't remember at all? Uh, American LGBT-related drama television series. American Sex Comedy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that one for some reason, but I definitely probably shouldn't have been watching it at the time that I was trying to watch it. Hey, we get our education the way we get it, and it's made us into the imperfect but perfect humans we are today. There we go. Yeah. And then Sex Education, if you haven't watched it, I would highly recommend it. It's like so clever, so funny. So just good and diversity is not a problem on sex education at all. It, oh, I love the diversity on the show. Yeah, it's it's that's like a big reason why I love it. It's racially diverse and sexually diverse, and it literally yeah, it's I I think it's probably the best show that talks about sex. I think so. I think it checks all the boxes except for any like there's no singing scenes or music ones. So, but actually, no, there was. Oh, the musical? That was hilarious. Yeah. The musical's hilarious. Yeah, so <laughs> that was really funny. Okay, yeah, it does check all the boxes then. <laughs> yeah, Sex Education is honestly one of the, the, the best shows. Um, it's just a great show regardless, but it's definitely, I think, the best show about, about sex. And it has accents, so that makes it even better. doesn't have accents to me because it's like, set, set in England. But for all the American listeners, which is the majority of our listeners, Sex Education has accents. It does. 
Um, the one I was thinking of is a show name uh, called Chewing Gum. It was on Channel Four in England, and I think you can also find oh. it on Netflix. I didn't realize it was on actual TV. I've only watched it on Netflix, but because I would. Yeah. Know. Was it Channel Four? Was it ITV? I don't know. It was on TV in England, and then it moved to Netflix afterwards. Uh, Michaela Cole, she's in Top Boy. She's got a new show coming out on HBO. She's hilarious, absolutely hilarious. And um, I loved Chewing Gum because um, it was like about a girl who just really wants to lose her virginity. Um, and she's like kind of sex obsessed, but has no real uh, real world experience. But her, she's like from a really strict African Christian family. So for me, I just found a lot of the African stuff funny because my parents are from Nigeria. And um, there's just so many just funny it was just funny. It's a good show. So chewing gum, sex education, and what was it? Undressed. Yes, undressed. I have no idea. I haven't like actually. My memory of that show is very little, so I don't really know if it was a good show, but that's just what I went for. Back in the day, left a lasting impression, as you can tell. Yeah, I still remember the name. <laughs> still remember the name. So go and check out those free shows if you want to have some shows about about sex. Um, specifically, chewing gum. Not chewing gum. Um, sex ed. Sex education. That show is is above and beyond your expectations. Um, so yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. That was the kink corner. Um, let's get to the topic of the day for our main discussion of today's pod. Um, I'm excited. You breach breach the topic. Give give us a little introduction into the topic because you're you're the one who um, kind of decided we should talk about it, and I immediately jumped at the idea and thought, yes, yes, I make all the decisions. Here. <laughs> all <right. laughs> this week's topic is sex around. No, sorry, love around sex. Love. And just, I think a big point to make here is that I'm not talking about being in love with every sex partner you have. I'm just talking about a non-romantic sense of love that you need, that should be brought to any sex experience. Yeah. And that being um, just acknowledging your partner as a human being with feelings. Yeah, not just a quick a quick come dump. Yeah. Yep, and just like seeing them as a person with purpose in this world and just kind of equal to you. So yeah, because I think when we hear the love, the words love and sex next to each other, there could be a tendency to be like hypersensitive or to deflect. So me, I never deflect. Deflect me, never. It's a lie. I deflect. Um. Yeah, I have like. All, all manner of crazy and disjointed notes that I wrote that probably only make sense most to, you. to me. Yeah, I realized that there was like <laughs> a really long sentence that because uh, we were sharing notes before the pod, and I'm looking at it again, and I realized there's like a really long sentence that I was like, uh, I mean, you could read it, and it kind of makes sense, but it doesn't convey anything that I actually wanted it to convey. It only makes sense in my mind properly. Which sentence? I have it right here in front of me. Which one is it? Do you want me to just read all of them? Uh, willing to listen, try no. new things, not get offended, forgive, bond. Like, it's a bit weird. Oh, okay. 
because it does it's like that makes sense if you read it but it doesn't necessarily convey no. everything that i was wanted it to convey in the notes but it does in my head well then you can elaborate so you said that you've had good sex with many people yes and great sex with a select few very select few um like less than one hand so that's less than five but even less than that probably i just yeah um but i've only ever had like utter complete sexual fulfillment with my wife which i think is really interesting um did you reach that fulfillment like early in your relationship or way later in your relationship i would say it was later but not like yeah later later in our relationship yes all right yeah yeah, and why why did did that fulfillment come was there was it because of love yeah well for me and this is something i put in the notes love whether it's like the raw connection romantic love like soulmate love or just love in what you were expressing at the top of the pod like seeing your partner as a complete human being and opening up to them and that it it leads to vulnerability and um i've always found that for me in my relationships whether that be friendships um with my brothers and my parents uh, romantic relationships that vulnerability always leads to the highest level of satisfaction in whatever the case may be so um when it comes to sex when love is involved it also means that i have to be vulnerable in some way but in being vulnerable it unlocks a next level of something which leads to a lot of satisfaction i don't even know if that makes sense am i waffling or does that make sense it makes sense to me. Um, do you... I'm, this might end up switching gears, but do you think that you need to be vulnerable to have good sex? I mean, but also, isn't any sex, like, that's already a really vulnerable place that you're in, like, being naked with someone, letting someone, being inside someone, letting someone inside of you, that's, like... Nah, you can... You don't think so? I mean, I think, it, I agree, it's, I always think it's a transfer of energy, for sure. But so you don't think you need to be you don't think you don't you have to be vulnerable that you're vulnerable in those moments? No, you can transfer the energy in sex in a really impersonal manner in manner. I've done it many times. I've had it done to me. Um it's just doing everything you said that you should not do. Looking at them as like a quick nut. Not not humanizing the sex other than just the act. And it can be good. That's why I said I've had good sex with many people, but great sex with only a select few. Because I've had like some really impersonal, just like good sex. Um, but I wouldn't say there was any level of vulnerability other than we were both naked and bumping genitals. Yeah, I feel like I feel like just being naked with someone is really vulnerable. But I've been more vulnerable with bits. I guess because nudity isn't necessarily a, a big deal for me. Like if I could. And if everyone was comfortable with it, if it was socially acceptable, I'd be naked all the time. Like, oh yeah, same. Yeah, it's it's like so. It is, I guess, vulnerable, but more so vulnerable for other people. Like being naked and being nude. That that's not 
to me, that's, yeah, that's not the highest level of vulnerability. I'm usually more vulnerable with connection. Like I felt more vulnerable, fully clothed, having a deep conversation with people than I have been with them, like bouncing on top of my dick and reverse cowgirl. So would you call that? So then I would say from that, there's like different levels of vulnerability and we are describing physical vulnerability and an emotional, would you say? Sure. Okay. And the emotional vulnerability is what I think ties in more closely with love and as a result, satisfaction for me. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. (laughs) Do you think that like they kind of tie into each other or that you need one more than the other? Well, I guess you need emotional more than the other, but I don't know. I feel like I know some people that are just like very specific about their body and what people can do with their body when they're hooking up or having sex. So that's why I see physical vulnerability as important too. Okay. Well, I guess there's even more than just two levels then, right? Because I I agree with that as well. Um, That there are some people that are, very picky with what they want to do with their body depends on how comfortable they are with someone. The more comfortable, the more vulnerable they are, the more they're willing to allow um, to happen to them or for them to do. I suppose that does make sense. Um, so I guess I want to say just the general being naked that is seen as something being vulnerable to me, that doesn't show any type of vulnerability. I think I mentioned this last week, like, don't get in a relationship with someone if they're afraid of being nude. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's like high on my list because I just feel like it's something you shouldn't be ashamed of. We literally came into this world naked, like whatever. Again, like I, I don't necessarily get aroused just by looking at a naked woman anymore, um, because I just feel like it's just natural. So I guess that, to me, isn't dis- a display of vulnerability, but. Everything else you spoke of in terms of the emotional collection, connection, in terms of what you're willing to do in terms of sexual acts and giving up your body or things like that, that type of vulnerability is something that I see as very real and uh, has to come to in, in uh, my life, my sexual life. And do you think love is what ultimately leads to vulnerability or, or being able to be vulnerable with someone like if you love someone are you more able like for me okay for me it has to be um if if there is no and i I also recognize that there's levels of love and infatuation and lust and all of that um and there's times where you think you're in love and until like your next relationship your next hookup or whatever and then it makes it painfully obvious that you weren't in love but yeah, I think just the feeling of love, that emotion elicits a different response from me. Um, that response is usually, usually being more open, being more vulnerable. And that in turn has led to like the few instances of great sex I've had in my life. With I mean, not the few instances, the few partners I've had great sex with, as opposed to the good sex I've had, where there's a little bit of vulnerability, but it's more just the act and the lust and all of that stuff. And good is still, let's not shit on good sex. Good sex is 
you can go a whole lifetime with just good sex and be very, very happy. But when you've had great sex, you can tell the difference. You're still not disappointed with good sex, but you know that there's another level to be unlocked. Agreed. Um, give me some can of your... you unlock that with love? <laughs> I think so. But again, maybe I'm old school. Maybe I'm just different. Maybe it's because I'm so desensitized to what other people feel is really... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Other people think is a big deal. I'm just desensitized to it and don't think it is a big deal, and 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 therefore, I like kind of skip over it. Well, I mean, when you're in love with your partner, like that opens the doors to like so many more things. That means there's more communication. Yes. There's more opportunity to change things, try new things, as you mentioned in your notes, and and to move forward and. In your sexual world, do you, um, just looking back at your sexual history, would you say that you've been more willing to try new things sexually with people that you felt stronger about, or no, like people that you have a stronger connection, maybe not necessarily love, but people you've cared for more, you've been more willing to try new things with? Um, I. Th- I think it's yes, but also my my reasonings for being open to trying new things. It's I think I'm just it doesn't necessarily depend on love. I mean, like that is a big reason. If I love the person, yeah, I'm open to try things with them. But I think it's also my curiosity that leads me more into exploration. Yeah. Okay. What about this? So, um. We'll just do, I'm going to draw a scenario. I don't even know if I'm right or if I'm wrong, so you can tell me. But we spoke about in either episode three or one or something that um, anal sex is something that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Now, you probably found that out through curiosity. But now that you've found out that you like it, and this is going to have to go into hypothetical world, as a single lady would you be willing to do that with a random hookup or would you be like, I would rather save no. this for someone no. I'm in. A... No, okay. So there we go. That's, that's kind of what I meant. So you find, you find out through exploration, what you like. And then it's when you have that feeling of, of love or strong affection is when you're willing to continue doing those new things. Is, would I, was that a fair yeah. summarization? Yeah, that is exactly right. Okay. I get that. We get that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Sorry. Uh, That's hypothetical. That made it very clear for me. Yeah, no, because I was just trying to to think, and because I am double-fisting, I'm losing my wits a lot quicker than usual. (laughs) Because I'm just drinking, drinking. Um, But, um, yeah, so um, one thing I put in my notes is not getting offended. I think that comes with that can only ever happen sexually if you really care for someone right because then you understand that they're coming from a a place of love um i'll give you an example and then you tell me what you think about it um if for example my wife said to me all of a sudden hey hey james like 
I really appreciate it when you go down on me. However, I would prefer if you used this technique and tried this instead of what you're doing, because what you're doing actually kind of hurts and I prefer this. If that came to me from someone who I was just hooking up with, I think I would either just not care or it would like really affect my confidence. It would go one of two ways. But if that was to come from my wife, I'd be like, oh, okay, I can accept that. And I would think of ways I can change and improve and take on that feedback without being offended. And that's just because I love her. Whereas I may not be necessarily responsive to that feedback if I wasn't in love with the person. Um, do you think that holds true for you also? Um, I feel like if it came from someone and I didn't love too though that I was having sex with and they put it in a certain way that made me feel comfortable then it would be fine like I think I wouldn't need the love I would just need the respect and like the sensitivity of it so like they were they were saying it in like a loving way but I don't think I would need to be in love with them now I think I would just need them to be cautious of my feelings and seeing like that that might hurt me interesting but i feel like that's like yeah so we differ on that respect because for me i would either just like i said ignore it or just take it super personal um i mean like i think for a little like for a second it will sting but i if they boarded it properly like the or oh in a way that they knew i can take it in then i would be fine with it huh you might you might be just a better person than me at receiving constructive. No, but but then like afterwards, I would be like, I will always be like, is this okay? Is this okay? Like I would probably be like hypersensitive around like everything else wants to happen. But <laughs> all right, well that makes me feel a little bit more human. That makes me feel a bit more human then for sure. I mean, like criticism is not easy to take for anyone, so. Yeah, that's true. But I I do find that it's easier for me to take criticisms of the sexual or non-sexual kind from people that I care about more because I know that they're trying to come from a place of love. I assume that everyone's like not trying to well, I either like think you're trying to hurt my feelings and get really hurt or I have to assume that you're not trying to hurt my feelings just to like keep myself from going crazy and overthinking things. So, I think that's my way of looking at it makes sense very optimistic outlook on i like it it's gotta have it yeah um have you bonded with anyone through sex that you would say you didn't have any strong kind of feelings of affection or love for Hmm. i would i think yes so through sex? Yeah. Like Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate or no, you don't want to go into it? <laughs> um I feel like I have to think about it a little bit. Hang on. I I feel like the bond was purely through sex and I cared about that person as a person. Um and I just want, like loved their sex so much that I like loved them 
around their sex but outside of that it was kind of just like okay you're cool yeah i think i wait so you're saying you grew wait explain that again because i think i i thought i understood and then i got the wrong end of the stick so having sex with this person grew to love them around the sex but not outside of sex like as a person they're great a sexual person they're even greater and I like that was amazing that was great love them as a sexual being outside of sex they were just regular a good friend like a nice person and yeah a great person I see I think I have an experience of this one woman who um I would say it was a relationship, even though we were never actually in a relationship, we were always, I, I would say we were the in-betweens. So whenever we were in between relationships, we, that's when we would be hanging out. Um, and the sex got progressively better and better and better over the years. It was like over four or five years, I think, whenever we were single, we were spending a lot of time together. And through the sex, because it was just consistently improving, it wasn't good because it. We started at the time when I was a two pump chump. I spoke. I've spoken about <laughs> this multiple times, but only because I'm just not yeah. ashamed because I'm just not that anymore. So I can talk about the times when I absolutely sucked. Um, so we started having sex around the time I was the two pump chump, and then whenever we were single throughout the ensuing in, in years, we would hook up and go on dates and things like that, and then it. it it got to the point that because the sex kept improving, I started to feel stronger for that person outside of a sexual sex. So that's why I wanted to ask, have you ever bonded with someone or s- developed stronger feelings because of, um, Cause of yeah, because it, it happened to me at one point. Um, ironically, this is the same woman that I spoke about on the last pod who I no longer have any contact with because it ended extremely poorly and I understand that I shouldn't ever put my weasel my way into her life unless she tries to reach out to me then I can apologize so there's not a happy ending (laughs) but I think we should have like an episode for our regrets slash apologies (laughs) wow that would be a long last episode for me because wow (laughs) that's all I can say is wow We'll think about it. We'll think about it. On that, though, reflecting, I wanted to, like, talk about, like, reflecting on times where we just used other people and didn't see them as a person, like, saw them as a sex object, and how did that, those times end up? Um, you want to go first? I guess, because I feel like you'll probably have more stories. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I only have, like, one, so. Ugh, it's <laughs> funny. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my whole thing when I just kind of, I definitely just saw this guy as my sexual outlet. And I didn't, like, I made it clear to him I didn't want a relationship. I was kind of, I was rude to him sometimes. A lot of the times. Um, and I should not have been. But still, I mean, I'm, like, I've, that was a long time ago. 
So I've learned from that, but that whole situation kind of blew up in my face. Um, yeah. Well, not really blew up in my face, but it just, well, yeah, no, it ended poorly and in a rude, negative way. And I guess that's what I get for trying to, like, use the guy for his dick, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Shame on you. You know what? He did something way worse. <laughs> So that's how it blew up in my face. So like, yeah. Um, no, that's yeah. I well, when I used to run track, specifically in my teenage years, um, so I remember it was one race, nationals. Was it national? Yeah, it was like nationals. And before the final, I uh, had sex with my then girlfriend, which I just do not advise anyone who is an athlete now to do having sex like right before you start warming up it's not it's not good you just are tired whatever but i did it and i i I still ran pretty well and i qualified for whatever championship i don't want to say the championship because then it dates then you'll know know who the girl is and yeah so whatever for that year and um i kind of got addicted to the feeling the risk of like having sex before a race which is, again, I do not advise it. It's absolutely terrible. So there was a few times in my teenage years where I would go with um, just some girls. Not at the same time. <laughs> but there'd be, like, girls I would go with to the locker rooms before or to the toilets. That's how nasty it was. And we would have sex right before the race. And literally... I... Wait, wait, wait. At a school bathroom? No. At, like, the track. In the track whatever track it may be it happened very often at bedford international stadium uh-huh. so all my english listeners who ran at bedford international stadium don't know about the locker rooms there and the toilets there how they're not necessarily the nicest but yep i, I partook in a little bit of hanky panky in bedford international stadium hanky-panky. yeah um alexander stadium as well in birmingham i could literally just write a list of the, the stadiums throughout england and some other places in the world where I used to have um, sex before races. Um, but yeah, the, the girls that I used to do that, apart from the girlfriend who I, I did it with the very first time, literally I was just using them because for me it was such a, a thrill and a risk knowing that, oh my gosh, I'm going to deplete myself of all of this energy and then let's see how good of a competitor I actually am. Let's see if I can beat these people. So literally it was... To- Actually, that's a, that doesn't. It was a, it's like, it was more. It was like a risk, and it was kind of like a challenge to myself. Like, um, I'm gonna have sex, and then I'm gonna try and race, and I'm putting myself in. You got that stamina, James. I guess, but I was a sprinter, so not really. <laughs> I mean, I was only running oh, the 100 and 200. Never mind. <laughs> so, like, I guess, but not really. But yeah, it was kind of like for me, I was using them because. Um, and again, this is specifically when I was like younger, like under 17, under 20. Um, because I just wanted more of a challenge. Because when I first got into track and field, it was, it was really easy. Uh, it got really hard after a while when you actually start competing against talented people. When I was younger, it was just really easy. Everything came natural and I wanted more of a challenge. And so I was like, I'm just going to have sex because that's going to make me tired. And now it's going to make these races more of a challenge, which in hindsight, is one of the most stupid ideas ever. And I'm pretty sure I lost out on a couple gold medals as a result. But I was a teenager. And thank God I 
got out of that mindset by the time they were like there was actually money and and real medals at stake when I was older. So, thank God for that. So, then you didn't feel fulfilled from using those people or ladies? No, because it was always, oh, I need to do it even more riskier. I need to have it longer. I need to make it closer to the warmer. It was always like a next level. It was disrespectful on my part, rude to them, and it was never fulfilling because I always felt like, oh, I need to do it more riskier to take more of a risk so that was an example of me using people in a callous way and i'm not a callous person listeners so it was the old me you're living you learn. i lived i learned i'm making a podcast <laughs> and then for the flip side of that i feel like most of us have felt that pain of being used yep. um do you want to talk about those or what you wish could have happened instead or like um, how you think someone could have treated you? One of the ones, probably the worst one ever was when I was literally set up by a girl who wanted to, she didn't have the balls to break up with her boyfriend. I only found this after the fact as well, like talking to her friends and stuff. So she set up a scenario where, like, oh, you should come around, we should have sex, blah, 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 blah. And then her boyfriend walked into the room and saw us. And she used that as a way that they could break up rather than just saying, I don't want to be with you. Um, And I felt like... That's so much more hurtful for everyone. So for me, at the time, when it just happened, I was like, oh, shit. I didn't even know you had a boyfriend. What the fuck is going on? Da, 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 da. But then as I found out it was a um, a ploy, I really felt used because I was like, wait, what if he had tried to fight me? What if he beat me up? What if he had got mad and grabbed a knife or he had a gun or something? Or like, what if he beat you up? I don't know what he was like. Like so many outcomes could have happened just because you didn't have the balls and you were literally just using me because you were kind of attractive to me attracted to me and then you knew for sh- I was a sure thing <laughs> she knew I was, a sh- I was a guaranteed lay so it's like oh yeah we'll use him um, so yeah I felt really shitty when I found out like I felt kind of shitty in the moment and then when I found out the whole inner workings behind this devious plan I felt super shitty I was like oh my gosh she was just using me as a ploy to have her boyfriend break up with you and they didn't even break up they stayed together for like oh. a, a further two months. Wait, I had a question. Oh. Were you able to finish this time? Like, no. <laughs> I'm going to always forever bring up tissue. Booty, no, no. <laughs> you could finish through a tissue video, but you couldn't finish like someone walking in on you? No, because it was like, what the fuck is going on, bro? And then it was like a lot of shouting, a lot of anger. And I just like pulled on my clothes and kind of left. I was like, peace. I'm down. I'm... Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but if he had left, cool. I probably would have finished. <laughs> but she probably wouldn't have wanted to because she only wanted me because <laughs> so she could arrange that situation. Poor yeah, so she would have been show. like, that's good. I'm... Damn. Who does that? Wait, how long ago? I hope this was like a young. This was like. A youngster. First month in college. Okay. Okay. So I was I was like 
20. I guess that's like expectable behavior. Not acceptable, but expected. I wouldn't expect it, but shit. I guess it happened. Yeah. And you? You've been used? You've felt used? Oh, yeah. I see. I feel like, though, the guy that I use is also using me. So that was like a whole two way of negativity using and blew up in everyone's face. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, there was other times when I kind of thought we were going a certain way. And then, oh, oh, okay, never mind. It was just that you just wanted the sex because it was great. The rug yanked under your feet. Your size one feet. I don't know if they were that small. I just know you have tiny feet, so I said that. Seven and a half, by the way, English listeners, is not a real seven and a half because American size is... Is it 30? No, we don't do those. We're not continental Europe. But whatever it is, seven and a half is small in English sizes. So don't let her fool you by dropping that seven. In English sizes, her feet are tiny. Just like she is. No, my feet are bigger than Kelsey's. Like, I have, like, bigger feet for a smaller person. I guess, well. Ask, ask any foot fetish. We need type. to get a, a foot fetish episode on it. Anyway, we're getting... Oh, actually, You have one? Also. Yeah, yeah, I got one. I got one. Awesome. Um, Not my feet, because my feet are for free. Ugh, I've got some ugly-ass toes, boy. They're like bell peppers. Okay. Bringing it back to the love. Yeah, case. Sorry. <laughs> How how can we prevent these painful using usages of people for pleasure, which should stop happening? More love with love um, in sex. Well, I think this is a common theme that's probably going to pop up more in our podcast episodes. But just opening up conversation around these things, I think a lot of times because sex is such a taboo subject people don't actually want to talk about what they expect when they are getting uh, sexually intimate with somebody and so then that's that can lead to the deception or whatever but i think if you're very very clear and you're able to breach that subject early in conversation then it could lead to you not being used or not not trying to change somebody who's gonna use you for sex like oh no i can change her she's she's gonna turn into my girl no she's not she just wants you to break up with her boyfriend um but yeah just the opening up the conversation will lead to just like more real answers and more instances of vulnerability because you can even be vulnerable in uh rejecting someone as long as it's done in an honest and open way. So I think opening up the, the conversation early and honest in an honest manner will lead to, um, what was the question again? <laughs> um, question was getting past the using of using yeah, bodies for go. sexual pleasure. That will get past that. We'll get past using people as cum dumps or using people as breakup, breakup aids. Yeah, I like that. And I would add 
to stop going into sex thinking of yourself. Stop being selfish. There's two people Sometimes involved. Sometimes more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Two plus. Two plus people two involved. Plus. Know their needs. Let them know your needs. Be on the same fucking page. Or meet in the middle so that things don't blow up in your face. Big facts, homie. Or don't do it at all. I think, yeah, I think communication and being yeah. honest, too, is very important. I think, yeah, I think that's a common theme with everything that we're going to talk. Well, not with everything, but most things that lead to sex. Just having an open conversation, it just leads to more clarity. And I feel like the more clarity there is, the less mistakes are made. Yeah, and I think if you actually talk to somebody... And I don't even think it has to be... just your partner even if like if you if in a friend group you can talk about things openly regarding sex and you're not with those people that whisper the word sex like that you're not with those people who i hate (laughs) and i made it very clear last episode but you can just literally open up a conversation with your friends guy friends girlfriends and just know oh we're talking about this this doesn't mean i'm pervert it doesn't mean i want to fuck you it just means i want your opinion on this sexual topic or i would like your advice on this sexual topic it's going to help me make better informed decisions in my sex life. Because honestly, how many people, listeners, out of our 18 listeners, sit down, ask yourself, how many of my friends can I just sit down with and just talk to them about sex without it feeling awkward, without it feeling like I'm hitting on them or I'm being really intrusive or um, poking my nose into their personal business. How many of those friends, how many of your circle can you count that you can have those conversations with? And if the number is less than two, if, if it's less than two, then I think you need to work hard on trying to destigmatize, just talk about sex, you know? I instantly counted. So seven. you're good. I think I have at least yeah. at least four. Yeah, That's at least four, maybe That's more. I think it might be harder for boys though, because I think like two, well, two of them inclu- included my coworkers that I haven't seen very often because I'm not working. But that's that's just how we are at work. There sometimes we're like all at our desk, like talking about yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff. <laughs> so but, yeah. Get some coworkers, some good coworkers too that you can talk to. Yeah, I don't have those yet. Um, I don't think I will have them. My coworkers at one of my jobs, they're just too juvenile. They need to find themselves mm. first before that subject can be bridged. Never yeah, mind. It's just a shame. It's a shame. Sorry, that's, that's the alcohol. Oh, I know this song now. At first, I didn't know. I'll be getting down with the get down. I think your um, your your tone must have been off. No, 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 no. My vocals are. I mean, do do you and our eighteen listeners want to hear me hit that? You didn't even give us a chance to answer. Well, because I knew the answer was... No, no, I knew the answer was going to be yes. Like, I understood everyone was, like, clamoring, 
gra- grabbing their phones, pushing their headphones deeper into their ear canals. Like, yes, James. I think we should start wrapping up since you're starting to sink so heavily here. I'm going to finish this off by saying sex is very intimate. In most cases, very vulnerable state. So throw away the incredible... Wait. Why throw away the incredible potential and ability to really connect with someone? See them as a fucking human being, whoever you're about to get down with. Acknowledge them as someone as important as you. You don't have to be in love with them, but you should show some love to them. Don't be selfish. Definitely don't be selfish. And don't be scared to open up. Especially those legs. Ow. Okay, I've had one too many dreams. Oh, I've had way too many. Um, uh, yeah, no, I agree with everything you just said. Um, and then I would just add that if you are like me, where only strong affections and love can lead to vulnerability, don't be afraid to tap into that. Um, life can be short and good and great sex can be few and far between sometimes so take advantage of it and if it means being vulnerable then fuck it be vulnerable and then fuck it (laughs) so yeah this is not my fault it's the alcohol i haven't eaten much today as well so it's just been i'm trying to lose weight um which i'm working and you know what this is not about me and my personal fitness journey so let's divert back to the podcast and you keep wrapping it up you wrap it up because I may be too drunk to do that. All right. I will wrap this up. Connect with people that you need to connect with in the right way. If you're going to put something in them or receive something from them, if you know what I'm getting. Um, what else I going to finish up with? You know, I think we're there. We are there. We reached there the now. orgasm climax of this podcast and now we're winding down thank you for listening to the social phase episode 10 sorry that the last 15 to 20 minutes listeners and joyce i've just basically been wasted you know what it's been a, it's been a rough week and i deserve both of those beers drink your Hell drinks to the- have a good yes time. and um as always you can find us on instagram at sexcapades underscore pod um interact with us more we need way more listener interaction we we thrive off it and we welcome it and um, we have a few things in the works we're trying to get one of our friends from the lgbtq community for pride month we think that'll be apt um we're also discussing doing a podcast mashup with a, with another podcast doing a joint episode um so that should be fun and uh yeah LGBTQ plus. Yep. So I missed that. So I, I forgot. I forgot that I'm on the so, And apparently we've got a foot fetish thing lined up. So. Oh, I'm in the on works. the works. So there's a potential it. for a bunch uh-huh. of different topics to be, to be spoken about in the coming episodes. But thank you for sticking with us for ten weeks. And number one, I promise I will not be this drunk next week, guaranteed. <laughs> and, and hopefully we won't be as sad. Yes, like, hopefully we will too. not be as sad. We'll still be fighting for justice just as hard, but we'll be way we'll be in a much better uh, mental mental state. Yeah, I think I think 
Yeah, we'll, 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 we're good. Yeah. We'll be good. So, again, thank you for listening to the Sesc Plays. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the Anchor Podcast app, Breaker. Um, mm. I don't know what Breaker is, but you find us there. And, I don't know, that is yeah, it. don't forget, Tuesday, June 6th, aka 6-9, both pleasure day. Take part. Get those tongues working. Get that throat loosened up. And get to sucking and slurping. Thank you for listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs>